have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How you doing, Rank? Um, you look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year we, we can pack it full of 25000 How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Hello there and welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode 179, presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. As always, I am joined by Major Caldwell IV and Tara Roberts. And on today's show, we are looking at the FantasyPoints.com staff mock draft for the 2023 NFL Draft. We will be breaking down all the skill selections and what it means for fantasy football. Major Tara, how y'all doing tonight? I am doing wonderful. Um, better now that I'm with you guys. Aww, heart emojis and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Major, how you doing? Did you I'm eat good, lunch? Man. Did you eat supper before the show this week? Or are we going to have a not... for the show hunger strike? Yeah. And you know what? It's bad too because I went for like a three mile walk and I and now I'm like thirsty and hungry. So let's make this a nice, tight, concise. <laughs> let's 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 make it like let's let's make it tight. Well, that's not happening. We can promise it. We can we can put that out there. See, Tara, can Tara would probably do it. I'm talking to you, my friend. I'm talking to you. <laughs> That is absolutely correct, actually. I'm not the only person that I can do it, like an hour-long solo show talking to me and my voices in my head for an entire <laughs> 60 minutes the entire time. So I had an opportunity to do a couple solo shows here um, the last couple of weeks and whatnot. And I, I entirely admit I am the problem when it comes to talking on this show. So that being said, when we get into the mock draft, we are going to focus on one person, one player, and hopefully I'll keep my own opinions to myself on those selections until it's my time to speak. But before we get into that, we have to hit the news and notes because as we're heading to the NFL draft, we got all kinds of information that is heading our way, such as Major Lamar Jackson. Not only does he got OBJ, but he wants Nuke to come to town too, and then he'll talk to management. What are your thoughts on this? I say leverage your talent to do whatever you're going to do because they will do it to you as soon as it's their turn. So hopefully he signs there and they give him everything he wants and he can really, you know, show people what he can do. Cause I don't think he's ever had a opportunity to, uh, to, to show his passing ability because his receivers always been young. They, I actually like the receivers, but they've always been young. They've always been unseasoned. So to have a couple vets like that, under, you know, to work with you and have that tight end and have that running back, I don't know. Baltimore might be looking pretty good this season. That all works out. Well, we've always talked about Baltimore not being willing to spend at the wide receiver position. Up until Odell Beckham Jr. coming into town, Sammy Watkins was the guy who got the biggest bag for the team. Nelson Aguilar just got a deal. Marquise Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman were on rookie deals. And then Seth Roberts was the other big acquisition way back when. But if we're going to talk money, we're going to talk about quarterbacks getting paid. How about Jalen Hurts, Tara, getting that five-year, $255 million, $179 million guaranteed becoming the highest paid player in the NFL history and beating the rush on Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and resetting that market. And after that, Tara, the Ravens have reportedly gone, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to offer Lamar Jackson a deal that includes $200 million guaranteed because Jalen Hurts is only going to be the richest until the next deal comes up. All right. Yeah, it's funny how that works with quarterbacks. You just keep on, <laughs> you know, trumping and trumping. Oh, it used like, to work. Yeah. That's how it used he, to work. It's, uh, I mean... Congrats to my man, Jalen. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I mean, he earned every bit of this. Um, when you look at the way that he, I mean, his path, the way that he transitioned in the NFL, taking the team to a Super Bowl and being this close, so close to achieving it. Um, arguably could have, should have been MVP. I mean, just fantastic season. Well-deserved. So, yeah, um, you know, and good for Philadelphia. This is what you want to do. Get in there. Uh, sign extend as soon as you can because you don't want to be the last to the party and having to one up all these guys so now all these other teams we know we know burrow is going to be, get a bigger contract 
you know, that's going to happen. Cincinnati has to do it now. You don't have an option not to go. You've got your baseline now and you got to go higher. Justin Herbert, Lamar, you know, uh, the deal. I mean, I, I get why he doesn't want the deal, because when you look at the guarantees, it's kind of shaky in terms of where it's actually being guaranteed. But hopefully Lamar can get his as well. Yeah, and that's what we've seen throughout the history here of the National Football League and the quarterback market. Everyone's getting paid in two to three years. This is going to look like a fantastic deal for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Think about now, Trevor Warren's deal that's coming down a pipeline. <laughs> it's coming. They're all coming. I mean, they're, get they're in all there, going to get paid. Up. And expect, expect, we're going to continue to talk about finances here because Allen Robinson, he was traded to the Steelers by the Rams. And all they did was swap seventh round picks. And the Rams are actually going to pick up $10.25 million while the Steelers are getting. Robinson essentially for $5 million a season. Now this becomes interesting because we've got George Pickens. We got Deontay Johnson there in Pittsburgh. That means the wide receiver three battle is going to come down to Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin, who I'm actually kind of liking a little bit more than Allen Robinson this season. I mean, what? I think Allen Robinson might be done. But I, Alan, I remember Allen used to be your guy. Remember that? And it was a, a big fan of him too. <laughs> Where did we get that from? No, <laughs> uh, no, he's done. He's done for sure. Uh, I don't even think the wide receiver three position comes down to anyone that's on the roster right now. They're going to draft a receiver and that person's going to be the wide receiver three. It's Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think all that this move did was take a wide receiver off the board in the first round for Pittsburgh. I think mm, Pittsburgh yeah. may have been considering maybe a wide receiver, but they'd be like, hey, you know what? We've got some other areas that we need to address here. We know we got to go cornerback. We could really use a cornerback here. So the addition of Allen Robinson essentially basically says to Pittsburgh that we're going to go corner or some other position in the first round, but we're going to address this wide receiver position probably later on, second, maybe the third, somewhere along in day number two more than likely, and then probably again adding another wide receiver in day number three. So for me, this I want Allen Robinson to be something. I really do. I really want Allen Robinson to be something. In fact, I was high on him last season going to the to the Rams, and I'll admit that. Boy, did I miss that one. I misread that situation. That Rams situation, like that whole offense was a disaster. So like I, I would I don't that's why I still think he has some juice because it, that offense, you know, that who bought in that offense? No, the Cooper got hurt. Quarterback got hurt. Everyone got hurt. That's what really happened. So I don't think he really had an opportunity to show, you know, what he can, what he still has. He might not be the old Allen Robinson we all loved, but I think he still got some juice to beat out a third, uh, to be a wide receiver three on the Steelers. Like, come on. Well, let's agree to disagree. He'll be lucky to be battling Gunner for that wide receiver four position <laughs> once it's said and done. Now, Major, as the running, as our token running back here on the show, is Delvin Cook. <laughs> See what I did there? And is, is he look? We're hearing rumors that he's going to be cut or traded ahead of the deadline. And considering that he's basically owed like fifteen million and thirteen million the next two seasons, I don't think traded is going to be an option here. If he does get traded, where do you see him go? If he's cut, where do you see him go? For sure, he's going to get cut because the NFL don't they just don't appreciate running backs like they should. So uh, even someone of his caliber, you know, he probably has too many mouths on him to actually trade for him. So especially with this rookie class coming in, you got some pretty good rookies out there, and you have what three or four veteran running backs still in the market already with Zeke and uh, who's the other two? Help me out, Leonard Fournette and Hunt and. Uh, What's his name? Hunt. Fournette. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, Fournette, and Hunt. So you have some, you have some talented guys there as well. So and like, who's gonna? You need another party to to dance with if you're gonna do a trade. So he's gonna get cut, and I have no idea where he can go or where he should go. Um, I, I want Miami to get like a solid running back just to like fill that thing out, but I don't know. Like everyone seems like they have their running back and all the teams who don't have their running back, they're all going young. So uh, this mark is not looking good for the veteran running backs. I think the problem was that the Vikings actually overvalued Dalvin cook at one point right and now probably priced him out of any kind of trade market moving forward. I think that's kind of the problem there. They actually had him held him in high regards. And then they just gave uh, Alexander Madison 6.25 million guaranteed here just a couple weeks ago, which basically spelled the end of Dalvin cook in my opinion, in Minnesota. We've seen what Minnesota's done recently with the release of Adam Thielen, trying to create some room. Maybe they're in the market for maybe a big-time quarterback, maybe a Trey Lance for Kirk Cousins type deal. I don't know. More on that maybe a little bit later. Probably not. Oh, wait, Tara, 
Brock Purdy, he's on schedule maybe to start week number one. We've heard rumors that he is. We've heard rumors that he isn't. We've also heard that Trey Lance is probably going to get dealt because the 49ers are doing their due diligence in taking trade calls. They're not going out there seeking a trade, but they're listening in on people looking to acquire Trey Lance who believe that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy. Do you believe Purdy is going to be the guy there in San Francisco? And do you see Trey Lance being dealt? I do believe that Purdy is the theoretical leader. I don't believe that he will be healthy. We'll see. I don't think that we can take any, I mean, it's, it's San Francisco. I don't think that we can really take any stock into timelines right here until we have some kind of clear medical. This is the exact timeline for him and this is his progress. So um, with that said, I don't know if they will deal Lance unless they get an outrageously good deal. Um, because right now, you know, you look at them and the history that they've had, they know the value of having Roland three deep at quarterback. Um, so unless they get something, I don't know if he's going to be dealt. Um, I do believe that Purdy is the leader. I think that Shanahan should just trade him to the New England Patriots, get Mac Jones like he wanted in the first place, Why and call it a day. Jones? Why would you want Mac Jones? That's who, that was his guy, man. That's who he would be a show if Matt didn't talk about Mac Jones. He already has his Matt Jones, though. Like, Brock Purdy is a Matt Jones, so. Don't talk about Purdy that way. That's this rude. All he wanted was like, <laughs> no, because he's one of those coaches. You know, like, those superstar coaches, they, like, they don't want like someone who has the best arm talent and the best speed and the, they want the guy that's like the project. So they can be like, look what I did. Like I built this Tom <laughs> Brady. You get what I'm saying? So that's, that's what he's doing. He doesn't want Trey cause Trey looks too good on paper. <laughs> well, speaking of looking good on paper, the Carolina Panthers are one of those teams that are really heavy into the analytics and there's certain analytics that they value higher than others. And one quarterback that's hitting all those metrics is Bryce Young. Now, rumor is that Bryce Young has basically canceled all his other pre-draft visits. So does this mean that the Carolina Panthers have said to Bryce Young there that you are our guy? I'm not too 100% sold on this. Maybe it's to stir up a little bit of something-something here between Houston, maybe Arizona, seeing maybe we can get those Houston Texans to kind of move up because we know Houston really wants Bryce Young. I really believe for Houston, it's Young or bust at this point. So I think if Bryce Young goes number one, that's going to create a pretty interesting triple-down effect there when it comes to that pick number two. And Houston potentially looking at the defensive side of the ball at that point, or maybe they make a trade back and go, you know what, we're going to go for Caleb Williams next season. I don't know if that's the case there, but if D'Amico Ryans, who's coming there, can't find his quarterback, if Bryce Young's quarterback that he believes in, if they can't trade up to get him, do you want to settle, in their opinion, for an, another quarterback. If you already had your mind set on one guy, and maybe, like I said, Caleb Williams is that guy next season. So that's where this draft is going to get really interesting. I really do believe that Carolina is kind of still split on Young. I think management wants Young. I think Frank Reich, he wants, I think he wants to go with the Ohio State quarterback there, C.J. Strode. I believe that is where he wants to go. So I don't think that's quite settled. They're going to wait the rest of the week, talk things out. I don't think that's 100% settled. But I think Young understands he's going in the top two picks one way or the other. That all being said, we're going to talk about this draft because our friends over at Fantasy Points, they put together their staff mock draft led by Brett Woodfield, who did that 2023 NFL draft prospect guide that you can get over there for free. Hey, anything free is worth saving up for, and we're going to break this down for free. We had some of the great minds there, including Whitfield, John Hanson, Scott Bear, Joe Dolan, Graham Barfield, Chris Weck, and Jake Tribby, all contributing to this mock draft exercise. We're going to focus on the offensive side of the ball, where the fantasy points are made. And at number 101, the Carolina Panthers, they selected Major? C.J. Strode. Stroud. Stroud. Yeah. Not Strode. Now you're starting to sound like me too much to put that Canadian accent going Stroud. It's Stroud. Wait, hold on. Be- How's it a Canadian going to tell me how to speak an English? What is going on right now? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Hey, we were so good at speaking English, we started mastering French too, okay? Oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> That's so talk about uh, Brees Young next? Yeah, the Brees Young. <laughs> no, but I, I think CJ actually won the the offseason. He won the, uh, what do you call it, the Underwear Olympics, you know, I think by default, you know, because Bryce didn't really 
uh, participate that much there. But to me, he is the most he checks the most boxes. He's, you know, the size, the height, the weight, the arm, you know, the Ohio State quarterback thing has been scary a little bit in the league for the past. What? What? Forever and for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, I think the so. official word is they've never had a Pro Bowl quarterback selected. Right. In fact, the only quarterback that have ever played at Ohio State that made the Pro Bowl made it as a kicker. Wow, I didn't <laughs> know that. That's a great stat. I love that. Um, yeah, so I, that's one thing that's kind of scary. But to me, on paper, Bryce is just a little too short. We've seen what's going on with the other short quarterbacks in the league right now. So, um. I don't know. I think to me, that's the safest bet. If you, you know, the way to end it, what if draft goes, you have to go quarterback at, at one, one for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, well, I guess cause the team's always the worst one. Right. Yeah. But I think that's, that's the safest bet. I know Bryce has that potential and everything, but I don't know that, that one, one can set you back a few years. So you have to try to get it right. And I feel like, this is going to be one of those things where it's Carolina is still debating because they're a very analytical driven team. Frank Reich wants to get his guy that's going to solve a lot of things. Bryce Young has some size questions. Anthony Richardson has some rawness kind of concerns. And Stroud fits what Carolina wants to do. And they put the pieces in place to have success early on. Now at 102, the Houston Texans get Bryce Young dropping right into their lap. And guess what? Back when we did our mock draft, this is exactly how we started off. So Tara, when we talk about the Houston Texans and Bryce Young, how do you feel about this? I love Bryce Young. I mean, I, this is a great, you know, uh, hey, well, can I say Houston's a great landing spot? Any, <laughs> um, but it's a fine landing spot. Um, but I truly do think that he's going to go at the at the 101. I think that, you know, all the teams are kind of, you know, they're not wanting to be aggressively committed. I think we've seen in the past where you get these situations like, you know, go back to, the Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and all of that nonsense of the way that they were so aggressively committed to certain quarterbacks. It just doesn't end up well. Um, so you keep your options open, but I do think that Bryce Young's going to be the first pick overall because, um, well, I mean, he is the best quarterback in the draft and I know that he's a shorty, but by, by no means does that mean, yeah, he's a shorty, but I like the shorties. Uh, by no means does that mean that he is doesn't have the skill set to overcome that. I don't think that it's going right. to hinder him. And I don't think the, the weight is an issue either, him being on the slimmer side as well. So when I look at Bryce Young, I, I see him as the complete package. I think he is a pretty safe bet. He has all the intangibles and the upside to have that, you know, that that Trevor Lawrence type of ceiling, honestly, where you look at this guy and he is the clear 101. So, you know, if he goes to um, as the second overall pick to Houston, they got to steal because Houston, they clearly are very, very transparent. And maybe, maybe that's why Bryce Young is canceling the visits a little bit more because he knows for a fact that even if Carolina kind of wavers a little bit, right. he knows Houston wants them. So there really is no other point. They have not been shy about it. They're gung ho on him. And if they can't have Bryce Young, they might not actually want to, you know, go quarterback early. So it's a great fit for him. Um, he would be, you know, reconnecting with John Mechie, which I would love to see. So um, I like this pick for them. I and Real quick, though, I do agree with you. Everything you said about Bryce. I'm just saying, like, you know how the NFL is so, like, they're afraid to make a mistake, so they overanalyze things. And are like, well, his height, check. You know, they, they do that game. So, But I agree with you on that. What makes this interesting is I don't know how uh, petty Nick Cesario is there in Houston. Maybe, Terry, you can answer this a little bit what you're hearing about him. But you got to remember, C.J. Stroud is also represented by the same agent as one Deshaun Watson. <laughs> So in a world in which Bryce, this is where this all gets interesting. If Bryce Young goes 101 and Stroud is sitting there at 102, this is why there's potential talks about Houston. Maybe management's not fully in love with them. Maybe it's not about D'Amico Ryans at this point. Maybe it's management like, hey, 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 we've been down this road. We know how this works a little bit. I mean, I don't think that would happen. But I mean, it's got to be on the table. It's got to be on the minds of those who make the decisions. Now, speaking of decisions, in this draft, we saw the – Detroit Lions move up from pick number six up to pick number three in a trade with the Arizona Cardinals. They gave up their sixth overall pick, a 2023rd second round pick, and a 2024 third round pick to move up three spots to select Anthony Richardson. Listen, I love Richardson. I think he's the quarterback one of this class on potential. His 
ceiling is that Konomi, or sorry, his floor is that Konomi code ability. I mean, right there, you're getting that floor of the Konomi code type quarterback, but you're also getting a quarterback that is more than just his legs. He can make the throws. It's just he needs some time to develop and being able to make that first read in there and find out where that blitz is coming from, finding out where that pressure is coming from, because he took less than 400 career snaps there at Florida. He has a learning curve still ahead of him, but all the physical attributes, he checks every physical box you could possibly want. He's got the size. He's got the arm. You name it, he's got it. And he's got time in Detroit to sit behind Jared Goff for another season or so. So he doesn't have to be thrown right out there right away. And when he gets his time, Amonra St. Brown, Jameson Williams, they'll be peaking just in time for Anthony Richardson to have a huge, huge career moving forward. So if this happens where the Detroit Lions can move up to 103, I think this is where a lot of teams can move up if they covet that third quarterback there, whether it's Will Levis or whether it's Anthony Richardson, this is the move. This is where the Cardinals are in the best spot possible because sitting at three, you're going to get a mobile quarterback falling there, plus Will Levis. You, any way you want. Bryce Young drops, boom, he's there. C.J. Stroud drops, boom, he's there. Anthony Richardson's there, boom. Arizona could come out of this looking pretty good and still be able to get their guy at pick number six in this scenario. So this is a win for the Arizona Cardinals, and this is a win for the Detroit Lions. Now turning your attention to the next offensive player pick their major at 111, the Tennessee t- Titans will select Jackson, Jackson Smith in Jigba. How you feeling about pairing him with Traylon Burks in Tennessee? I like it. Um, that is going to be a really good offense. Shout out to Ohio State's wide receiver coach, man. Uh, what's his name? Brian uh, Brian Hartline, I think it is. You, he's had like number one receivers this last like what two or three years. You had Alave, you had uh, Wilson. Now you have uh, uh, Smith. Najig Najigba, I'm messing up all the names today. And then uh, you know, you got you got Martin, uh, you got Junior over there, you know, next year coming out. So shout out to him for making Ohio State a wide receiver like landing spot where these guys are just playmakers. Like anyone that comes out, they all kind of have the same frame, they all have about the same height. Um, a lot of people talking about his 40 speed. I would not worry about that. His his film is way faster than that 40 that 40 time. Uh one of the best route runners, probably the uh, I like Addison too, but yeah, he's one of the best uh, route runners in this in this draft. Um, and I think with Tennessee, I, I that's the only place you can really go if you're going offense. Because I'm not taking Will Levis because I think Malik Willis is actually better uh, than Will Levis at this point. Um, so yeah, if you can't get one of those top three quarterbacks, you have to go with the best receiver, and I think that's JSN. Well, if you're looking at the fantasy points breakdown here, Scott Barrett basically said, Tennessee, consider taking Will Levis here before remembering that Ryan Tannehill has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league since he joined the team. So instead, they're going to get him some help there with JSN, and he's likely to spend some more time in the slot. Now, Brett Whitfield's analysis there furthers that if Tennessee decides to pass on quarterback, then JSN has to be the guy, and easily my favorite pick at this point of the mock. JSN immediately steps in as a target hog and elevates fellow wide receiver Traylon Burks. So I think that's one of those things that you can see some good things. Tennessee's going to be thinking about Will Levis there, but ultimately when you look at what they could possibly build Derrick Henry on the backside with these two stud wide receivers, and by the way, Traylon Burks would probably be right there with JSN if we're looking at him in this year's draft class. So they could have two top-end young wide receivers to possibly – get that quarterback next year if they play their cards right as well they're again if you're not feeling will levis here because he puts mayonnaise in his coffee or eats banana <laughs> peel on it like dude yeah. I, there's something wrong with that there is something wrong with that and I, i've got him every like, show. way down my board <laughs> you mention it every yet, show it's so listen, funny because at 114 brett whitfield goes off there and he drafts will levis for the new england patriots with my guy there mccorkle jones now, That's the Spider-Man meme, something. right? <laughs> it's, it, you know what? Pretty much except Will Levis is like a freak of nature. I don't know if you've seen him with his shirt off there, Major, but it's been going around social media. The dude's cut. Yeah, I'm I don't look at his shirts off, I don't look at I may join Will Levis. Next show, I may join Will Levis. Maybe <laughs> oh. we'll have like a sculpting off contest there. I think I might be sick next week. 
<laughs> but saying that, I mean, all that muscles and all that, that stuff, hey, it's all fancy. It's all good. It looks good on tape or on paper or whatever you want to look at it. Right. But does it help you throw the ball? Does it really help you throw the ball? Now, I know in Kentucky, there's some issues with the offensive line. There's obviously some issues with the pass catchers there in the last couple seasons. But we know that Matt Jones has fallen out of favor with Bill Belichick and whoever's called. I mean, dude, you literally have like Joe Judge, who's a special teamer, couldn't do nothing in New York, and Matt Patricia, who's a defensive coordinator, calling offensive plays there in New England. What do you expect is going to happen to a quarterback when you have a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays? Take the damn pencil out of your ear and learn some offense. That's basically <laughs> what it comes down to. Now, Brett Whitfield goes with the news of Matt Jones falling out of favor with the Patriots staff. We jump all over this opportunity to grab Levis immediately and move on. We know the Patriots had talks about trading Mac Jones all offseason. Maybe they're trying to right a wrong in New England, but Will Levis looks like it's going to be the pick there at 114, according to the Fantasy Point staff. Now, mate, uh, Tara, sorry, at 115, I jumped. I skipped you here so I can give you the Green Bay Packers selection because they're not going to give uh, Jordan Love a wide receiver in the first round they're going to give him a tight end in the first round i guess it's still technically a first round pass catcher how are you feeling about michael Mayer coming from notre dame to green bay i don't think that they're going to make this pick but we do need a tight end and um despite the fact that i actually think that dalton kincaid is the better fantasy tight end i would be when i'm looking at rookie drafts i would prefer to take dalton kincaid when I'm looking at somebody who has the higher ceiling from a fantasy perspective. Um, and, you know, in terms of when I'm looking at other teams that might be looking to draft a tight end and how they would work into the offense, um, prefer Dalton Kincaid and that. But for Green Bay, if they were drafting a tight end here, I would not mind them taking Michael Meyer, for, Mayer first. I say Meyer, Michael Mayer first, um, because he actually kind of his skill sets really fit into the Green Bay offense more. Again, when you look at the Green Bay offense, there's such a massive emphasis on blocking where Dalton Kincaid might not be the best fit for that in Green Bay. So if Green Bay wants to go tight end in the first round, this is the guy that they do need to grab. So I don't mind this pick for them. Um, when you're looking at him, obviously the knock on him, he's not a super athletic dude. He's not a speedster. He's not, you know, when you're looking at like, say, he's not the Mike Gesicki kind of uh, type of tight end. He's more of like a, um, more of a slow burner, um, bigger target kind of dude. And that's awesome. And it would fit well into Green Bay's offense. So I'm okay with this pick right here, even though I would have preferred a receiver. I think that's the case. I mean, they really have to believe in Christian Watson being that alpha wide receiver in order not to take a wide receiver here in the first round. Or they have to believe in that depth of the wide receiver position throughout the draft. I'm not quite there myself as far as depth is concerned. So then you got to look at Romeo Dobbs there as that second wide receiver. And if you feel that he is a bona fide wide receiver too, then Michael Mayer makes sense here because you know what? He's not going to block. That is not in his MO. Michael Mayer is not a blocking tight end. He's a pass-catching tight end there. Major. The Washington Commanders then select at 116, Dalton Kincaid. How are we feeling about a uh, nice little security blanket? We had a security blanket for Jordan Love and Green Bay. Now we're getting a security blanket to go along with Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaren for Sam Howell, potentially in 2023. That's, um, I mean, I like Sam, don't get me wrong, but that's a lot of talent for, for Sam. Maybe that's one of those trade partners for uh, the 49ers you were talking about earlier to get a uh, tray up in there. But uh, to Dalton, I I feel opposite of what Tara just said. I'd much rather have a, a baby grunk over here. Like, you know, to me, the tight end position, uh, I don't know. Like, he's not that fast. He's not that athletic. He's not, I don't know. He's not a lot of things, but he does get open. I give him that. He's a very smart player. He knows how to read zones, and he gets open. If you go going man-to-man -man with him, you're going to win every single time because he's just not athletic. I don't see anything in him that I, I I don't know what everyone else is seeing, but, you know, I'm just a regular guy, I guess. But, you know, I like him. I, you know, I don't think Washington should do this. They need to go maybe defense. That offense, like I said, is stacked. You don't really need to tight in that much, you know, but um, I'd rather have, like uh, – I'd rather have a what's the other dude named Meyer Mayer. I mean, I'd rather have him. He reminds me more of Grunk than you know. He's slow too. It, it's nothing exciting about the tight end position right now. Well, Graham Barfield made this selection. 
Sorry, Gray Barkley gave this look. He said the commanders haven't had a serviceable tight end in years, basically since Jordan Reed. Now, Logan Thomas did have that one season there. I'm going to say, Logan is gone now. Sorry, well, Logan Thomas is old. He, he's he's past his prime there. That Phoenix is left. It's not rising anymore. Now, Kincaid, he would give Washington an extremely talented young piece to give Sam Howell or their eventual quarterback of the future. But tell so, me why is he what, – what's the ta- – what is everyone saying that I'm missing? Like, okay, I watch so him and everything. What's, what's literally the most important thing for a pass catcher to do outside of catching the ball? Get open. And what did you say Kincaid does? <laughs> That's in college, though. Like, you are run- – there's defense alignment running, like, four threes now. Like, you're not – this is not the same game. Not You know, I, I doubt – you know, he's not – he's just big and he's slow and he's fat and just a slow guy. Well, I will agree to disagree with you here because I think Kincaid <laughs> is incredibly talented. I think he could make the be the first tight end off the board in this draft class. Uh, he's going to give Washington another pass catch and create another mismatch in this offense. You've already got McLaren there. You've already got Samuel. You've already got Jahan Dotson. These guys are all mismatch creators. Now you get Kincaid out there on a linebacker or a safety size or speed. Pick, make your choice here because Kincaid's going to have that advantage in this offense. Not to mention they're going to pound question. the rock there. Quick question: Like who? Who's this comp? Like who are they comping him to? Oh, I'm going to think he's going to be. Uh, I bet he kind of comes across as a Travis Kelsey coming out of Cincinnati. Not Travis Kelsey Uh, now, but Tara's got something. She's freaking out. What? Because you said Travis Kelsey and you hit the whole point that I wanted. This is now Eric Bieniemy's offense. This is like, just keep that that in mind that this is now Eric Bieniemy's offense. So Dalton Kincaid does fit what Eric Bieniemy is more than likely going to run. So yes, they do need a tight end. You tell me what if part he of Kelsey. Is, if he is in if he is in fact going to I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but you need to get close to it. If he is in fact going to try and run this offense that he'll probably be bringing over from Andy Reid. You need a pass catching athletic tight end in there. That's what they have to have. So I, I love this pick for them. And even traditionally, Washington has, you know, the, the only reason Logan Thomas succeeded is because Washington kept their tight end, a great, like one tight end on the field constantly. So just from a theoretical standpoint, even with Ron Rivera, they want to have a tight end be a focal point of that offense. So, so yeah, I like this. Love this. You guys keep saying athletic and I'm like, why, where? That's his only. That's his. That's his benefit. He's not. He's not a blocker. He's not. <laughs> I mean, this is, that's what um, I'm saying. I think he's so overrated because I'm not. He's not a good blocker. He's. He's not fast. He's not like athletic. He's not like he doesn't have good feet. He just he runs to the open spot. That's it. That kind of helps. I mean, if you can catch the ball and you can run to the open spot, that's going to help you a lot of ways. Now, Travis Kelsey, you got to remember, he was not a first-round selection. He wasn't even a second-round selection. Coming out of Cincinnati, he was a third-round draft selection. So, I mean, we're not saying that he's – tight end, though. He's super athletic. That dude is athletic, man. Sneaky athletic, not like a dominating, like out there Kyle Pitts type. Let's keep that in mind. He's like, like he didn't a, come he's out with like the Kyle Pitts a kind of like, oh my God. He's a WWE or F. I'm just showing my age, but he's a WWE type of like athletic. He's not, yeah, he's way Kincaid. I'm telling y'all. Remember when I said this? I'm always right. Just remember I said Regardless, this. they have to have a tight end. So they need, they've got to get one of, they got to get someone. They're not I, think you're wrong, major. I think you're wrong. That being said, I don't think your time's past now the second round. Oh, my time is up. <laughs> your time is up. We're moving on to pick number 120 there, where Jake Tribby selected for the Seattle Seahawks, Jordan Addison out of USC. Tara, what are your thoughts? Uh, I love this. I know some people have some concerns about Jordan Addison. You know, we obviously he is a smaller receiver. And when we're looking at the combine, we would have liked to see a little bit more. We would have liked to see some more speed out of him. I know some people try to, you know, comp him as, you know, not comp him to Devonta Smith because that's the problem is that they they say, you know, similar in terms of sizing, but maybe doesn't live up to the athleticism and the speed that Devonta Smith has. So that's the problem with him and why he's being knocked. But you can't argue with the level of production and performance that he had. And you can't argue with the technique. Um you talked about um, you know, JSN and his route running. Um, you know, Jordan Addison is a seamless route runner perfection um he's you know small slot receiver but can play on the outside as well he showcased this so when you're looking at him and especially from a fantasy perspective um 
not just in Dynasty, but in Redraft too. I'll put on my Redraft Viper hat. He <laughs> has all the combination of skill sets where, you know, provided the right landing spot, he's going to be able to make an immediate impact because there's nothing he really has to work on. He just has to exist and bring the same exact thing that he brought. So, uh, so yeah, I, I love Jordan Addison as a prospect. I don't love it to Seattle. I've heard a lot of people say this. Um, it's not that I dislike Seattle making this pick. That's a fine pick for them. I dislike it because we might not get the level of impact that we immediately want for him because it's essentially waiting for Tyler Lockett to ride out into the sunset. So, <laughs> um, and he doesn't look like he's at that point. So I get it. It makes sense. It's fantastic for their offense, but I don't love it from a fantasy perspective for us. Not a knock to Addison. I just want to be greedy and get him to a place where he can be a big star. Yeah. I love that you mentioned Tyler Lockett because when I look at Jordan Addison, I see a lot of Tyler Lockett and what he's able to do. And I think that's why this makes a lot of sense for the Seattle Seahawks to get a guy that can play both inside and outside. And I talk about this. You, There's three different ways to win at the line of scrimmage there as a wide receiver in the National Football League, either with speed, where you just blow by guys, with size, where you're an athletic freak and just have that big advantage, or with your route running abilities. And that's where Addison has a difference because, Tara, as you mentioned, he is probably the most fine-tuned route runner in this draft, and that's including Jackson Smith and Jigba. And for the most part, we know that he's able to run from the inside, run from the outside. They can move around formations. We saw him catch some jet sweeps. It's not like he's slow. Now, at his size, we would have liked a more explosive uh, burst profile coming out of the draft, a little bit better of a relative athletic scoring than what he had. I mean, but we're talking about 4.49 speed. It's still pretty fast. I mean, that's still not a bad yeah, speed. Four, from what, four, okay. good. Yeah, we're not talking. I mean, we would have liked to see him faster because of his size, right? Under yeah. six feet, under 185 pounds. We're expecting a guy that can absolutely burn. That's not the case in all these situations. And he wins other ways. So, again, I like this because it seems like, hey, we've got our nether Tyler Lockett. Now Tyler Lockett can move on, like Tara mentioned, maybe sooner rather than later. And Seattle, they need wide receivers. Because after Lockett and Metcalf, the next man up is D. Eskridge. <laughs> now, as we move our along here in this draft – I look at some teams that kind of passed up on some opportunities here. The Chargers, they went with defense here. We could, They could use some offensive playmakers. The Baltimore Ravens could also use a wide receiver. They went with a cornerback because they did just sign Odell Beckham Jr., which means Minnesota is up, who also could use a cornerback, but also needs a wide receiver. And that means falling into their laps at pick 23 is Zay Flowers. Now, I look at this class and there are four wide receivers that I think you could argue could be the first wide receiver selected off the board. I think you can make a case for JSN. I think you can make a case for Jordan Addison. I think you can make a case for Zay Flowers as well. So I think there's multiple wide receivers here that you could all take and go, you know what? I can see a team taking that wide receiver, Quentin Johnson being the fourth, by the way. That could be the first wide receiver taken depending on what team wants to move up, who feels strongly about who, because these receivers all win different ways and fit different schemes. There's not that top alpha wide receiver that we've seen in past years. There's four very good wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba probably being the best of that bunch. But again, that is subjective to whoever's watching the film, whoever's looking at that. So with Zay Flowers, we've heard good things about the whole process. We've seen him coming at the combine, absolutely ripped, ready to go. And John Hansen basically said, we're looking at a Vikings team that has moved on from Adam Thielen. And now they're looking at KJ Osborne as their wide receiver two. And you know who their wide receiver three is right now? Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager is the third option in the passing game. Well, fourth option, whatever. You TJ Hawkins in there as well. But behind Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver room is not extremely exactly screaming talent with Osborne. Say what you want. We love Osborne on the show. He could be a wide receiver too, but we're looking for talent here. And John Hansen said the Vikings, they still have a championship caliber offense and they need to add a dynamic wide receiver. So I'll bet the team views 2023 as one last chance to make a Super Bowl run under Kirk Cousins. And then it's time to rebuild perhaps with Hendon Hooker, who they could select in the second round as an option out there too. So he does kind of give an idea that this is maybe the last hurrah there for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. So let's give him his pieces. Delvin Cook possibly gone to create some cap space. Adam Thielen already gone as a cap casualty. Let's bring in some offensive young players. Let's give Kirk Cousins the best cast that we can. 
and see what we can make a run out of it. So I don't hate this. I mean, there's other options I would like maybe Minnesota to, to look at, but wide receiver is definitely a position of need moving forward because I don't think K.J. Osborne and Jalen Rager are exactly those dynamic playmakers that scare off defensive coordinators when they come down to making game plans. If you already have Jefferson, you already have Hawkinson to worry about, if you add a third dynamic playmaker, that can make this offense almost un whatever you want to call it. You can't even guard him. Unguardable, so to speak, right? I mean, too many good pieces in place. And maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe a younger wide receiver there, to give him a little bit of a, get a little bit, make it more spry. Maybe he can stay up a little bit longer, play those no. primetime games a little bit better. No, no probably not. Yeah, it's no. worth a shot. Now, as we move on our board here, Tara, I'm going to skip Major because I'm going to give Major the next one. But we talked about those four wide receivers, and Quinton Johnson is one of those guys. And the New York Giants are going to select him at 125. Do we like this move for the Giants? Because Giants wide receiver room doesn't exactly, again, like other wide receiver rooms, doesn't exactly scare defensive coordinators right now. Sorry for those watching on YouTube. I yawned. I did not yawn at the pick or anything that Matt was saying. I was just about to get you with that. (laughs) I was just going to get you with that. I'm just sleepy. Um, yeah, I I think so. I'm not sure that Quentin Johnson is going to be here because I agree that the Vikings are going to take a wide receiver. I do kind of think that Quentin Johnson will be that guy. Um, Zay Flowers can fit there. Um, he can play on the outside, you know, and KJ Osborne can play on the outside too. So they've got, you know, a lot of flexibility in terms of how they can, you know, move people around. But I feel like Quentin Johnston um, kind of fits better in terms of replacing what they've lost in Adam Thielen. He is a bit more of a risk, um, which is why maybe for the New York Giants, you know, you don't want to go that route since you've, you know, been fairly risky with your wide receivers. You might want to go a little steadier um, because, you know, with Quentin Johnson, we've got the concerns with him, you know, you, physically, you've got everything that you should be there. You're, a, you know, athletic freak, big guy, but you don't really play like it. You don't play like a big man. So it makes it a little strange. Now maybe they can, you know, coach him up and get him there um, because he has the potential. Um, I think that's why you see him as, you know, a guy that kind of profiled as, the potential wide receiver one for a lot of the season because he has such a high level of upside with all the capabilities that he has within himself. He just has to put it together. So I don't know if I love this for the Giants because I would like them to probably take a safer pick at wide receiver since they've been a little bit risky in terms of who they have um, signed and you know drafted in the past. So near near recent future, by the way, not dipping all the way back. Um, but I don't mind this. I. I they need to continue stacking wide receivers. They, you know, signed a wide variety of some tiny guys <laughs> to kind of pad out that entire wide receiver room. Not and the Paris probably... Campbell. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Maybe hater. She's such a hater. <laughs> Again, you know, there's some tiny guys um, that you should not be taking in any draft by any means necessary. Um yeah, they need to get a wide receiver that's kind of a focal point of this offense because we've got Wandale Robinson, but he's a little on the slimmer side, slim, 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 um, smaller side. So a big-bodied receiver to kind of make the focal point in that offense would would do well. I love myself a big-body wide receiver. If you're looking for a return of investment in Daniel Jones, you better start surrounding him with some offensive weapons, some pass catchers here. So I, I can see why the Giants would make this move. Now, what I can't see is, Actually, I can. Let me be honest. I can see Jerry Jones getting his fingerprints all over this next pick because it's Jerry Jones, and he loves whatever the shiniest thing is. And Tom Broly selects for the Dallas Cowboys at pick number 26 out of the University of Texas, running back Bijan Robinson. Major, what do you got? Love the player. Hate the team. Like, being a 49er fan growing up, that might have to do a little part with that, but you know, with him, he's just one of those players. Like, if this was like 30 years ago, he would be the number one pick in the draft. Just as how it used to go back in the day. But this is like one of those once in every like 10 year type of talent uh, players right here. And for him to fall to 26, especially to Dallas, you know, I don't really like it because Pollard looked like he may be that guy out there. It looked like he wants to be the guy out there. I know they're concerned about his size and everything, but. You know, he's going to eat up a lot of Bijan's, uh, you know, opportunities there if he if he lands there. And uh, but I get it. Texas, you know, he's in there with Dallas and all that stuff. I get it. It's a cute pick. 
Jerry Jones usually does something cute, like something weird. He's going to pick an Alabama player. He's going to pick like a Texas player or pick like the the dog in the corner that has fleas. He's he's that type of dude. He picks the he does the the cute picks because that's why they're the number one franchise in the world because he understands the politics of it. But I don't know. I do not want this to happen. I'm so upset that we put this out. And who who said this one? Who who put this? Who made this pick? This, this is our this is our good friend Tom Broly making this pick. Broly, bro, you Tom, are true. Tony you, uh, he put Tony this Pollard's in the atmosphere. Why do that? Right now. Man, tell Brawley, why did he put this in the atmosphere? That's his fault. Well, because it's going to happen now. Here. It's going to happen. Miss, Mr. Gonna... Texas stays in the Lone Star State and replaces 2016 first round pick Ezekiel Elliott as the face of this backfield. Beejan is the best running back prospect in recent years after averaging 150.7 scrimmage yards and 1.59 touchdowns per game in his final two seasons at Texas. You know, Jerry can't resist that. Brawley, please stop drinking when you're writing your uh <laughs> go ahead, Chief. <laughs> so so first of all, I agree with you, Major, that I do not think he falls to this spot. Um, you know, when you're looking just general feel in terms of the level of prospect he is at the position, and I understand you don't want to draft running backs high, but even Matt has talked about this, you know, draft class being a little bit disappointing, which would make the elite jump up. So I think he'll be gone before this. So I'm I with like you on that, that one. Yeah. Um, but if he fell, I don't mind this. I hate it for Pollard because I do want him to be that dude, but this would actually be a very productive landing spot for Bijan. Um, yeah. You know, Dallas was one of the run heaviest teams in the league. Um, top, right outside the top five. And when you're looking at that in a team that Mike McCarthy has said, despite the fact that they were aggressive on the ground, he wanted to be more aggressive. It wasn't enough for him. He wanted to be more aggressive on the ground. There's going to be plenty of volume for Bijan. Um, so if this was the place, I don't mind this. I like it from a fantasy perspective, a team that just wants to literally run the ball constantly. So I'm you fine changed with that. my mind. That, well said. You changed my mind. Uh, I just don't want Dallas. I do not want Dallas to. Uh, I just don't want. That's this just to a 49er fan in you right there. I think so because she made so much sense, but I was like, Ugh. well, and it does. It makes a lot of sense. You're going to get a cheaper Bijan Robinson, a younger Bijan Robinson than what you're paying Tony Pollard right now. Tony's getting his franchise tag at about ten million dollars right now. You're not going to pay that to Bijan Robinson, who is obviously going to be more productive. That being said. We've seen this Dallas Cowboys offense with Ezekiel Elliott and with Tony Tony Pollard. They're both working as a 1A and 1B type system. And they both were able to find varying levels of success. So I don't think you're going to see a huge drop in Pollard's production on his potential maybe, but I don't think his production drops off too much with Bijan Robinson being there. Now, finally, the last offensive player selected in the first round of the draft, the Buffalo Bills at 127 or 127, yeah. Select Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Now, I've had him kind of penciled in as a guy sliding in that first round. There are some options out there for some teams looking for a speedster. Now, that's the reason why Hyatt kind of comes in here. And why does this make sense for the Buffalo Bills? Because you have Stefan Diggs already in there. Stefan Diggs is not a burner. He can run, but he's not a burner. Gabriel Davis is like the invisible man. He disappears. He comes and goes. He's been there. He's He makes some big plays from time to time. He stretches out some defenses. But the inconsistency has to be driving the Buffalo Bills crazy. And guess what? Davis is in the final year of his contract. So there's no guarantee that the Buffalo Bills pick it up. If they're not seeing a return of their investment, then they may go with another young wide receiver and just kind of replace them. So I can see how this gives the Bills uh, an elite playmaker type wide receiver guy, a guy who could stretch out defenses, which in turn opens up things underneath for a guy like Stefan Diggs, where he's going to absolutely destroy defenses all year long. And maybe even a third wide receiver that they bring in maybe a little bit later. So I don't hate this pick for the Buffalo Bills. It's probably not where I'm going to go with it, but I can see where Chris Weck went with this thing here because he's doesn't have to be that complete receiver off the get-go because you've got Stefan Diggs. You've got some kind of a mentorship program already there. He can do what he does best and flat out beat defenders and run by them. So that all being said, that is the first round. Those are the top offensive yeah, players going. Before you go to the next one, I'm sorry. You got to do that part again. 
I don't like your take on Gabe Davis, and it was going to like drive me crazy. I had to say it. It's not his fault. It's the quarterback's fault. He's he's he can only be because as consistent so, as so a quarterback. It's Josh Allen's fault that Gabriel Davis can't yes. get open on what de defenders that are three inches, four inches, five inches smaller yes. than. So listen, because he can't throw the ball to the place where it needs to be thrown. The if he throws to anyone else, he looks like the old Allen. When he throws to one of the best receivers in the game to ever do it almost, like routes and all that stuff, you have one of the best receivers. You He can make Poo Poo look like, uh, I don't know, uh, Ferrari like or whatever. Cousins. <laughs> so that's telling me that's a dude funny. who's had one good game his entire career, and it's Josh Allen's fault that he's not any good. <laughs> Name another person that Josh Allen makes good. Name one. Cole Beasley caught like 80 passes with a thousand yards. Cole, Cole Beasley. Beasley. Cole Beasley is one of those slots, like Scott, what do you call it, slot gods? He's one of those guys. He's out there. So, he knows how to play that position. He knows how to get wide open. He can only throw oh. to the wide open. So, so you're telling me Gabriel Davis can't get open, is what you're saying. No, he can. Saying? That's why you he said has Stephon Diggs can get open. You said Cole Beasley can get open, and yet Gabriel Davis can't get the ball because he can't get open. No, because he's the third option. It's hard to play a third option or even a second option when you have one of the best receivers to ever do. It's like you got to get your points after like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, like get all their points. Like you, it's it's a hard thing to do to play like second fiddle. But Allen doesn't make it easy for him. Uh, I'm not. I'm gonna have to agree to disagree once again for like the third or fourth time this show with the other major. No, you need to stop doing that. Just disagree then, because you're not making sense right now. I mean, Tara, Tara they will be taking a wide receiver. They will be taking a wide receiver. And why would you waste your? Why would you waste a pick? Why would you waste a pick on a receiver who's fast? It's snow in Buffalo. You can't run. <laughs> There's never been a time when people can run fast in Buffalo except for Thurman Thomas. Like, why are we doing this? I thought Shady McCoy did a pretty good job running in the snow in Buffalo. Shady was Ooh. Shady is not fast. Shady's a shifty. You can't run Man. fast, but you can't shift. That's no yeah. shift. Hey. You hey. can't hit what you can't catch. It's that simple. Whether it's being shifty or flat out flying, I'll tell you what. We can all catch Gabriel Davis. Apparently, the only thing that can't catch is Gabriel Davis himself. That being said, let's move on to the second round here of the draft. I hate when you we get got some good play. players. <laughs> some good players here. So, Major, I'm going to go. Off your list here, we got Jameer Gibbs. I'm gonna give you the running backs here because oh, I'm gonna give you an opportunity yeah. to redeem yourself here in the next seven minutes or so. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, mm -hmm. Zach Charbonnet, my man Tajay Spears, and Rashawn Johnson are some of the next backs up behind Bijan Robinson that weren't selected in the first round. Do you see any excellent fits for any of these running backs? And where would you like to see it for fantasy? Is there a back that you're like, you know what? I want Gibbs in Miami. That'd be that's that's what I want right here. That's yeah. my fantasy matchup. I mean, that's that's kind of like Robin placing all the running backs other than that i don't really see any other plays maybe atlanta but but i'm telling you this running back market for the teams or it sucks because you got all these veterans out there and then you have all these really good young guys coming in and you don't have enough teams to to really like facilitate this so with gibbs i would love to see him in miami to me he's another uh what's his name kamara like he's that that's the that's a perfect comp i don't even like comp people but that one to me is like they're twins. Um, the dude is just an athletic player, shifty, fast, can catch the ball. Um, you know, size might be an issue, but I think the NFL is a little more uh, wide, uh, spread out. So, like, the, the players are not really – the size doesn't really matter as much. You can run uh, through the middle of the field just because it's so spread out now. So I'm not too worried about his size. Um, I'm just running down the running backs, or are you going to throw them to me? Yeah, no, just keep talking about these running backs here because there's a few yeah. of them here that make a lot of sense. One team that I'm looking at here right now is Arizona. They've got James Conner already kind of in place. He's getting a little bit older. So could the Cardinals maybe look at a big back like Rashawn exactly. Johnson? Or do they go with a pass catcher like Ty J. Sharps here? Who, what do you see fitting there for Arizona? I kind of like them going with uh, Zach Charbonnet. To me, he fits that. Remember Conner uh, had that little run in, in Arizona? He had that, that, what, two or three years when he was like one of those guys? I think Zach is pretty much he may be a little more athletic, Connor. So like I'm I'm yeah, so I'm with I, I'm I, you know, I, I like Zach a lot. Tajay is probably my uh Ramondre of this draft. I love love this guy, man. Like 
He is a real running back. I always talk about the art of the running game and all that stuff. He is a running back. The dude does everything right. Um, I wish he was just a little bit faster. Not even faster, a little more explosive, I should say. I wish he had a little more fast twitch. But other than that, he you can't get him to the ground. The dude's like a, a pinball. He's bouncing off of people all over the place. And then my other favorite like guy is this dude that no one's talking about because he's on a team with like this generational talent, but Rashawn, Rashawn uh, Johnson, did I say it right? Rashawn, Rashawn, whatever. You can call him whatever you want. I do. Yeah. I mean, you get everybody named wrong, but yeah, Rashawn Johnson is like the dude is big. The dude is fast. The dude can catch. The dude can make you miss. Like to me, I don't understand why he's not being named as like the second running back in his draft. But yeah, like I said, so much talent, but there's not a, I, I can't really place any of these guys. Because wherever I put them, they're all going to be like the second back for the most part. Like you, like you said, Miami, Arizona, uh, Atlanta, uh, maybe Minnesota. They may need a running back, so maybe Zach might be a good fit for them if they get rid of uh, uh what's well, his name? Well, I'll put it this way, Major. If Bijan Robinson was to go to the Dallas Cowboys there in this mock draft, what team would he go to? <sighs> See, even that I don't know because even in our mock draft, I put him with the Chargers just because I thought it was fun. Because I really don't see him honestly. My if Miami gets a running back, Miami's going to win a championship, they have everything there. If the quarterback can stay healthy, that is, but everything is in place there. The defense is there, they fixed everything. Only position that's kind of lacking, you know, don't no disrespect to the running backs they have there because they're all ballers. But like Bijan is one of those generational guys. I mean, Saquon was like the last one, and I think he's he's going to be one of those, one of those guys. So yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, you tell me, I mean, you, you, you're good at that part. I'm not good at putting them on the teams. Well, a couple of interesting spots for me could be the LA Rams who definitely need a second running back there behind Cam Akers, Uh, Seattle Seahawks behind Kenneth Walker. But one spot that no one's really talking about is the Cincinnati Bengals and what's going on with Joe Mixon and whether they want to move on as a cap casualty. And that's in that aspect as well. Now, Tara, some of these wide receivers, Marvin Mims, love him by the way. He's basically Jordan Asley, except with some bursts to him. Uh, Josh Downs, Cedric Tillman, and A.T. Perry. Like Are there that. any fits that you'd like to see any of these wide receivers here this season that would make them maybe their stock rise for fantasy? Oh man, um, you know, I think we talked earlier about Pittsburgh and um, them not taking a first round wide receiver and kind of taking a date or second or third round wide receiver. And I feel like maybe Cedric Tillman could be an interesting option for them. Uh, You know, Mike Tomlin, he loves to take those receivers that he feels like he can develop, um, bring up a little bit. You know, you don't always have to make that aggressive first round top of the notch talent. Cedric, Cedric Tillman is a very, a very stable wide receiver. He's got size. He's talented. He, you know, was, you know, a strong producer at Tennessee. Um, so I think kind of when you look at him, I feel like that's somebody that could, could kind of fit into that system where he gets with the right team, with the right coach that can provide him that opportunity and build him up because the capabilities and size and everything are there. He's got what you're looking for. Um, just needs the opportunity. I agree with that. I love myself some Marvin Mims, so I think he could find himself in a nice situation here. Pittsburgh would be another great spot for him too. As we said, that wide receiver three position is wide open there. Sorry, Allen Robinson. And for me, I'm looking at the quarterback position. I'm looking at Hendon Hooker here. We talked about Minnesota possibly being an option, but what about the Las Vegas Raiders there at pick number 37 to start the second round? Jimmy Garoppolo, he's already there. Uh, honestly, I want the Raiders to trade for Trey Lance and have him and Garoppolo battle up for the quarterback one spot there in Vegas <laughs> just because I love the chaos. But Hendon Hooker makes a lot of sense there early in the second round for the Raiders, possibly even trading back in with a team like the Eagles who pick at number 30. And then in the third round, Darnell Washington, you want unicorns, you want freaks. How about the Detroit Lions, who, after trading TJ Hawkinson, could probably use a tight end. I mean, Brock Wright is literally their number one tight end, or Zilstra possibly. I mean, Wright and Zilstra? No, 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 no. That's just wrong altogether. So give me Agent Zero, a tight end wearing number zero like he wore in Georgia. That is swag level 100 right there. Lions have pick number 81 in the third swag, round. Man. Oh, I got swag. Maybe I'll go. I got swag. Oh, I lost my earpiece. I lost my earpiece. That was oh, not no. a good sign. Matt, swag down. Swag down. Yeah, see, swag. You, 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 swag. 
You swagged too much. She just lost swag, it all. Man. Yeah, that's too much swag. Yeah. Too much swag here. But yeah, Darnell Washington <laughs> to the Detroit Lions in the third round, I think would be an excellent fantasy move, especially because there's nothing really there in Detroit. And he'd have, I mean, we were already giving them Anthony Richardson as their quarterback of the future. So if you've got yourself Jamison Williams, you've got yourself a modern state Brown, and you add a tight end like Darnell Washington with that athletic profile. I mean, this Detroit Lions team already with DeAndre Swift, with David Montgomery, by the way, David Montgomery, top 12 running back in 2023. This is a team that has all the makings. Okay. They're already one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. You give them some more pieces, look out in 2023 and beyond. That being said, this show is now beyond one hour long. We want to thank our special guests there, fantasypoints.com and that staff for giving us this mock draft to work on. And remember, the Viper cast is proudly presented by the Dynasty Vipers and our friends at Fantasy Points. Each and every week, we got all kinds of things going on here, heading in the draft, behind the grind, coming at you next week with Michael F. Florio. That's right, the Mike Florio, who doesn't have me blocked on Twitter, is coming on our show. With that being said, we'll see you next week.